This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 7 today. 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Um, I believe that we are living in the last days. Do you? (laughs) Now, I I believe that. Um, Of course, uh, we might get that impression because of what we see on the news. We might get that impression for a lot of reasons, but um, um, Peter here is telling us we live in the last days. The very first thing he says here is, the end of all things is at hand. I believe the New Testament teaching is that we have been in the last days since Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. We live in the last days since that time. We live in that time when the only thing we're waiting on is him to come. Amen? Amen. Um, And so how are we to live? As Peter has been saying, you know, we are strangers and aliens in this world. This world is not our home. Um, but we are, we are strangers and aliens. We're citizens of heaven and our King is one day coming. How are we to live in light of the end? Uh, I think that's what, uh, Peter here is telling us. We are to live with the end in mind. Amen. We got to live with the end in mind. If you're running a race, You don't want to think about where you are right now and all the pains in your muscles and everything like that. You want to see the finish line, right? You want to to have the goal of the end in mind. And and in in the Christian life, we need to live with the end in mind. So let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse 7 of chapter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, love, for love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good servants, uh, good stewards of God's varied, varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May we be reminded this morning that we are living in the last days, that we might live with the end in mind. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter begins this section again, as I said. The end of all things is at hand. It's so close, you can reach out and touch it. Peter says the end of all things is at hand. He believed we're living in the last days then. 
Um, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, and this therefore is saying this is what follows. Okay, the, the, uh, the therefore, you know, we, we've heard before, you know, uh, if you see a therefore, look back and see what it's there for. Well, he just told us in the last four words, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, do this. Um, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. That's the first thing we ought to do with living in the end, with the end in mind. If we know that we're living in the last days, we've got to have a grasp on reality. We've got to be self-controlled and sober-minded, Peter says here. When we look at the news, when we look at what's going on in the world, whether it be elections, whether it be governments falling uh, across the world, whatever it is, it might cause us to panic. Right? It might cause us to pull our hair out and wonder, what's this world coming to? I'll tell you what it's coming to. Jesus is coming on a white horse with blazing eyes and a sword coming out of His mouth. Amen? (laughs) Jesus is coming again. That's what this world is coming to. But we need to not panic when we look at the world and see all the the things that are going on. Instead, we need to be sober-minded. We need to have a grip on reality. We need to be self-controlled and sober-minded. You know what? If we want to have a grip on reality, we need need to know this book. This book will help us to keep grounded in reality. If we just watch the news, we can get scared. We can get, we can get, um, um, we can get, uh, just, what are the words I'm trying to think of? We can get washed away in, in the, in the way that the world is looking at things. Uh, we can get, just bowled over by, uh, by, by panic and, and fear and all of these things. But if we, if we make this our grasp on reality, then we can be sober-minded and self-controlled. Amen? Amen. The next thing he says, when we're living with the end in mind, we're living knowing that, we're, that the end of all things is at hand, he tells us, Be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. For the sake of your prayers. Now, earlier on in chapter 3, no, chapter, yeah, it was chapter 3. First part of chapter 3. He talked about husbands and wives, right? And he told husbands, um, live with your wives in an understanding way so that your prayers would not be hindered. Husbands not treating their wives right might cause our our uh, prayers to be hindered. There's there's that warning there, and and he says uh, following that, um, whoever l- desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Um, let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers okay um so he's already told us if we want god to hear our prayers men we treat our wives right 
We honor them. And all of us, we need to uh, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Those are the things. And here, he's telling us again, something that can help our prayer life be self-controlled and sober-minded. We've got to have a grip on reality. We need to know what's true and false about the world, about the nature of all of reality. And if we don't understand what's real, then that affects our prayers, doesn't it? Because we don't know what to ask for. So we get a grip on the Bible. Then he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. We've heard this already in the book, haven't we? He told us in chapter 1 that we're to love one another earnestly from the heart, right? Because we've been born again of an imperishable seed. Our bonds together as believers is stronger than the bonds even that we have with our unbelieving family members. And so, Paul, uh, Peter here is saying, because we're living in the last days, we need to love one another all the more. Love one another earnestly. Um, and he follows that up by, by this, this statement, because love covers a multitude of sins. I think there's a right way and a wrong way to look at this. Some might think, well, if I... If I forgive other people, then that's going to atone for my sins. But that, I don't think, is the right way to look at it at all. Because that goes against the grain of the gospel. The gospel says um, we don't work, we don't do anything to merit our salvation. Our salvation is freely granted in Christ. No, I think what, what, what this is uh, saying is... Um, if we're believers, if we've been changed, if we have a new heart, then with this new reality, when we love one another, we're going to overlook the, the faults in other people, aren't we? In our brothers and sisters. Uh, and, and you know that they're there, right? There are people that probably get on your nerves, right? Maybe some of them are in this room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But there's people that get on your nerves. People who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, what does Peter say here? Because we're living in the last days, because the end of all things is are at hand, we need to overlook the faults that we see in others because we love them. You know, love, I've heard it said before, is the lubricant in relationships. It, 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 it's, 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 you know, we, we, could, we could have all kinds of, of friction uh, in, in our relationships of, of, you know, somebody saying something that gets on our, hurts our, our feelings or gets on our nerves or something like that. But if we love each other, it smooths it all over, doesn't it? It smooths it out so that we don't have that kind of friction. We can overlook the wrongs that we see in others. Above all, boy, that, that means that's, that's important, isn't it? Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. In the early church, that was so important. 
because the gospel would would uh, would go out as the as the early preachers would go from city to city. You know, they they would follow Jesus' instructions. If you you go into a city, you find a place where they'll. Um, take you in and show hospitality to you so you can preach. And if they don't, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place, right? Um, The early uh, proclamation of the gospel was dependent upon hospitality. Uh, And here, Peter is telling believers, show hospitality without grumbling. Um, That's that's still important for us today. We need to show hospitality. Hospitality. Uh, there's a book that's written by a lady by the name of uh, Rosaria Butterfield. Uh, this, this recent book, I think it came out just a couple of years ago, is, is called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. I'll just throw the title out there. And, and, and basically, the, the main point of this book is, is uh, that the most effective means in evangelism today among people is hospitality. Have people in your homes. Share a meal with them. Things like that. You know, a lot of times, there, there was a day when maybe an invitation to come to church might, might do it. Right? But now, you invite somebody to church, and a lot of times, they, why would I go there? They don't want to come. They don't want to darken the doors of a church. But they'll come to your home, won't they? And Peter here is saying, hey, we're living in the last days. We need to take this seriously and we need to show hospitality. Show hospitality. Uh, And without grumbling. Boy, he really knows how to step on our toes, doesn't he? (laughs) Show hospitality without grumbling. You know, um, so often we can show hospitality and be all nice and everything when they're there. And then as soon as they're gone, they're like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. Or uh, you might say, oh, are they wanting to come over again? (laughs) Or we might say, um, man, I just wish they'd give us more notice, (laughs) right? But here, Peter tells us, show hospitality without grumbling. We're serving Christ when we show hospitality. And yes, it may come with some inconvenience, but it always has. Peter here is telling us, show hospitality. In other places, uh, I don't remember where it's written, but um, you know, we're told that by showing hospitality, some have entertained angels unaware. I think it was Paul who said that. Right? We show hospitality without grumbling. Verse 10 And here, uh, he's talking about our gifts. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as, God's, as good stewards of God's varied grace. First of all, he says, each has received a gift. You know, you have a spiritual gift. If you're a believer, you have a spiritual gift. He says, each has received a spiritual gift. And we're to use those gifts not to build ourselves up, not to bring glory to ourselves, to get praise and accolades from people, but no, we're to use those gifts to serve others, aren't we? And, and we understand also, it says here, as good stewards of God's very grace, these gifts don't originate in ourselves. 
right? They're, they're, not, they're not our own power. They're nothing intrinsic to us. This is something that belongs to God that He's given to us that we are to take care of while we live in this world. And we're not, not to hide our light under a bushel. We're not to, to uh, bury our talents, as, as some have said. But no, we are to use our gifts. Each one of us are to use our gifts to serve one another, knowing that we're stewards taking care of what God has given us. He goes on continuing to talk about gifts here. And he gives, I think, what are two classifications of gifts. Now, when we look at Paul, he, he, he talks about spiritual gifts in a lot of different places. He talks about how some are given, uh, that God has given some to be apostles and some prophets and some pastors and teachers, you know, uh, in, in that passage. And then he talks in other, another place about different kinds of gifts. There's the gift of of uh, tongues, there's a gift of prophecy, there's all these different gifts that you see in the New Testament church, right? Um, Peter here seems to boil all those down into two, two basic classifications. Um, he, so he's not, he's not uh, where, where Paul kinds of, kind of uh, uh, specifies all these different kinds of gifts, Peter here is basically boiling everything down to two. He says, whoever speaks... Speak as, the or, as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. There's speaking gifts, and then there's serving gifts, I think is the way, the way is Peter, Peter is looking at it here. And he doesn't say that one's better than the other. There's speaking gifts, and there's serving gifts. Uh, sometimes we might get the impression, well, the guy up on the platform, that's the one who's the most important one, right? No. They're equal. We're, we're stewards. These, are, these both come from God. And, and we are to steward those things as God has given them to us. And they both serve God's function however He wants to use them. So that He receives the glory. He says, um, um, whoever, speaks, speak, uh, whoever speaks as the one as one who speaks the oracles of God. So the one who has speaking gifts, that may be the preacher, that may be a Sunday school teacher, that may be someone just in personal evangelism talking to people about the gospel out in the streets. Whatever it is, those speaking gifts, we remember we're speaking as the oracles of God. That brings some weight to it, doesn't it? We're not just speaking our own words. We're not just speaking our own opinions. But no, we're carrying the oracles of God. We're saying what God has spoken. And that ought to make us tremble. There's life and death before us. There's heaven and hell before us. And so we need to speak remembering we don't have the freedom as people who have speaking gifts, whether, whether it's a preacher or Sunday school teacher or whatever, we don't have the, uh, the right to just give our own opinions. We've got to remember we're speaking God's words to people. And heaven and hell are in the balance. Amen? So whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. The one who speaks... He doesn't have his own message. 
He speaks what God says. The one who serves doesn't serve in their own strength, but serves in the strength that God supplies. The one who serves, let's think about those who take care of benevolence ministries. Those who serve like those who may volunteer at a women's shelter. Those who serve like those who uh, deliver meals on wheels. Those who serve like those who help take care of the kitchen in the church. All these different kinds of things that serve, take care of the building. All of those different kinds of things where we're serving, we serve in the strength that God supplies. Amen? Because sometimes... We just don't have the strength to keep going, do we? Sometimes ministry can be so busy, we feel like, I just don't have it in me. And I'm not just talking about the preacher. I'm talking about people who are doing the work of ministry that are members of the church. And sometimes we just feel like, I don't have the strength. Well, we're not supposed to have the strength. We serve in the strength that He supplies. And so when we run out of all of our strength, we pray and say, God, I don't have the strength. You give it to me today that I can serve in the strength that You supply. And there's a reason for both of those things. The preacher, the Sunday school teacher, the one who speaks, speaks the oracles of God. And the one who serves, serves in God's strength so that, the next words, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The purpose is so that God would receive the glory. Amen? The preacher is not sharing his own opinions because God is to be the one who's glorified. There's nothing special about being innovative about being a great storyteller or anything. We need to point to the Word of God because then He gets the glory. Amen? And then, one who serves, we would, be, we would faint. We would be crushed if it were not for the strength that God gives us so that He receives the glory. Amen? So that he would receive the glory in everything, whether we speak or whether we serve, in everything, in all of those things, he receives the glory. Finally, he ends this with kind of a doxology. He says, To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He bursts out into praise. At the end of this section here, he bursts out into praise. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So, let's back up and look at the whole text here. We're living in the end. We're living and we've got to live with the end in mind. And if we're going we're gonna to live as strangers and aliens in this world in the end times while we're waiting for Jesus to return, we've got to... Be self-controlled. Be sober. We've got to get a grip on reality. We've got to love one another earnestly all the more because we live in these end times. We've got to show hospitality without grumbling. The end is near. The end is near. And we've, we've got to use our gifts, whether they're speaking or whether they're serving, for God's glory because we want to see people in these last days give their lives to Jesus. That He would receive glory. 
because he, to him belong all glory. Mm-hmm.